You are listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Hey, wow. You know what? The imagination now. Everybody has changed. Now they're getting so uh, creative in terms of their thinking and what they can do. Man, it's, it's, this is the best I've seen. Yeah, when you jump that damn high, you got a lot of time to up the floor. Reads a drop down. Kobe! Oh! Up high! Down hard! Kobe Bryant! Very deep, yeah. Blocked by LeBron! That basketball will never be the same! So that now has entered the fray. Yes! Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, last night the NBA Finals started and man, what a debut, what a beginning, 113.90, but uh, an incredible display of amazing basketball, Ben. It was, uh, it was a lot better than I thought it would be, it was especially as competitive as I thought it would be, unfortunately. But who cares, man? It's the basketball. Uh, it's the basketball apex. It's the LBA Finals. It's the best thing ever, and the I, I, the the teams did not offer us competition uh, competition last night, but they offered us one hell of a spectacle. And the reason I think, in my opinion, why that spectacle was really like it was a high level basketball, right? Uh, players were refreshed. Players were in good form and high spirit. They were excited. They couldn't wait to not to play this game. The hype and yes, the the ratings will probably be good because everybody was talking about it in the states at least for four or five days before it actually started. So it, it was like the hype was there. But but I feel the NBA has understood something that it's taken all the other leagues forever to understand is. Maybe you cut down on the season, you start the season earlier, but you have a, a quite a small break, like five, six, seven days maybe between the semifinal and the final of the playoffs or the league to, to let players rest, refill that tank, get energy, get focus, uh, mend few injuries, but to come back into the NBA final or whatever final it is in better spirit, better shape, better physical, emotional, mental state, prepared, it's giving best, like, it's going to give us best basketball more beautiful basketball it's giving be better sports uh absolutely uh i am a hundred percent in uh just give me a second here my <laughs> all right all right uh, it's oops yep can you hear me yeah absolutely okay uh yeah uh it's like and the game was hyped people were hyped about seeing the warriors and the Cavs facing off again in a final series because it's the only damn thing that mattered all season that these two things would uh, would finally face off and settle their differences. Who is uh, the best of the best in the NBA? And I believe that question might have been preemptively answered last night. Yes, uh, I agree. We'll talk about last <laughs> night. But before we do, the caveat is last two years, game one was the same damn story. LeBron James in his career, he's one in six in game one of the NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. it, it starts to be a pattern. But last year, they came back and dominated very much the Cavaliers. Now, Kevin Durant is the part of the equation. He's the variable in that equation that wasn't there last year. And Kevin Durant was effective last night. 38 points, dunking on everyone. Uh, quite an impressive game. And I have to say... That week off, or close to a week off, helped him. We had 
maybe some doubts because of his injury early in the playoffs and how his contribution was not up to par to what we expected it would be. But it's all about now, right? Uh, the playoff and the, uh, the NBA playoffs started last night, Ben. Yes, uh, absolutely. You're, you're 100% right about that. And the difference between last year and this year, the main difference is that Kevin Durant is on the Warriors. Kevin freaking Durant, probably the best, the best pure scorer in the NBA right now. And he, he, he was magnificent last night. He broke LeBron James's ankles. And this, this will be, uh, this, this performance last night is going to uh, have to be repeated. It's going to be a, a, a recurring theme in that series. Um, last year, the Warriors had no one to stop LeBron James from doing whatever he wanted on the floor. People like the, the players treated LeBron with such reverence and such respect. They needed, they, they didn't have that guy to get in his face physically and skill-wise uh, in order to, to 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 make him doubt himself. This series is very is very much going down to the intangibles. Uh, both teams are super talented. Both teams have whatever it takes to uh to win the championship but who who will game plan the best who will who will perform under pressure the best a lot of what happened last year lied on uh the warriors having a cold sequence at the worst possible moment at uh, the warriors yeah kind of choking under the pressure and uh and not not delivering the goods when it mattered well, uh, not this just that, this year is going to it's going to come back on uh, on this a lot, like performing at the right time. Oh, I agree, and not just that. In the playoffs, when you, especially in the final, either when it's a one-off final, different sports, or a four out of seven, like in the NBA, your big top talented player kind of even themselves out. You have mm -hmm. a Curry, you have a LeBron, so it's kind of you take them away, right? And it goes down to the depth, and that's where Kevin Durant is important because, uh, well. Andre Godala fit to play now. Uh, Draymond Green with a more defensive role, not exposing himself offensively. All those things that, because of Kevin Durant, you can go down higher in the depth chart, right? Everybody went down one notch. So who are they playing against? And their responsibility has been more defined. They don't have to overplay, overexert, overextend their capabilities or their responsibilities. And we do see that difference. Like the big gap of scoring last night is explained because of Kevin Durant's, uh, he becomes free because of all the other players. If they play their role, you'll have shots where Curry is free, but he'll find Durant more importantly because they don't want Curry to score three every single second, right? So they're going to double him. It's going to free up somebody. And now because of the death, because of the Kevin Durant acquisition, he's that guy. So that's why it's impressive to me that in a team like the Warriors versus the Cavaliers, if you remember with the Thunder, it was hard for Durant to score the big amount of points because he had people on him up until Westbrook stepped up, right? This year, uh, because of injuries, we haven't seen it. But now, versus the Cavaliers, you can't really double-team anyone. So you always have somebody free. And if you're smart enough, uh, Steve Kerr might come back to coach, but his, uh, his interim... He is taking the advantage of trying to plan who is going to be the free man with the movement. And if it's Durant, you're almost assured to get two buckets every time. And that's what we're seeing. Pretty much. And I have a stats that's going to back what you're saying. The Warriors uh, had 31 assists last night. And 18 of these assists were recorded by Kevin Durant or Steph Curry. Kevin Durant had 8 assists. Steph Curry had 10 so the two best players, the two best scorers, had 18 of the 31 assists uh, recorded for the Warriors last night. So 
the the like it's unguardable. I don't know. I don't know how you can possibly uh, keep up with that kind with that kind of uh, yeah. of, uh, of offense. These like everybody else would have to go cold, but these two guys. And last year, Kyrie and LeBron proved that when everybody is cold except two guys, you can still win. Yeah, and now example one the, the one few times in the game where you have Durant and Curry and Iguodala covered or something. Well, mm-hmm. Zaza come out of nowhere and scored an amazing bucket or comes out of nowhere and surprise everyone, right? So you have that aspect that deep down, they're all pretty good. And no matter who it is, they can finish those buckets. And you have that. That's maybe the biggest difference because if you have a GR on the other side or a Kyrie Irving not having the best game, it's all on LeBron. And what you have is you find yourself 20 points down before you know it. Uh, absolutely. And there's there's this aspect and there's the defensive aspect. Golden State played a monster defensive game last night. I think, uh, I don't know, I, I've counted uh, this morning, I think there were six or seven guys with at least two steals. Uh, big ups to Clay Thompson, who uh, did not shine offensively in this game, but who played some of the best lockdown def- defense he's ever played in his life. Um, the people that, um, the players that were guarded by Clay Thompson uh, last night, shot for one for 12. That included Kyrie Irving, that included LeBron James. So whoever guarded, uh, was guarded by Klay Thompson shot uh, all in all one for 12. This is, this is another key to, to the series. Like whoever is going to be able to defend for the other's game plan is going to win. And right now the, the Golden State Warriors made a huge statement in that game with the, with the selfless, fluid uh, defense like when you when your team is running the floor scoring they're hot and they're playing good defense on top of it i mean is this is like you would have put that scenario like five years ago in the nba and everybody would tell you it's it's never going to happen a team will run the floor like this will never be able to defend and you're seeing it today like it's 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 evolutionary now when we look at the cavalier side of thing uh, we're kind of, it's a trend, like I was saying, especially for LeBron James. By the way, it's seven straight NBA final, the, which is quite crazy when you think about it. It's uh, some Bill Russell numbers right there. Oh, it's, it's, it's like, dude, it's it's like, we don't usually do that MJ versus LBJ talk. Cause I think it's silly. It's two different eras, and it's just, just hot takes for hot takes. So mm-hmm. we're not necessarily going to go there. But you have to recognize LBJ for what he has done. And I'm not talking about Lyndon Baines Johnson. I'm talking about LeBron James. <laughs> and I do have a soft spot for how he has done it and how true he has stated himself. And sometimes he has been controversial. Like, I kind of get the man. And I kind of get, like, the amount of sacrifice and personal dedication you have to do to get to that level. It's impressive. But what do you do if you're LeBron James? against the the Warriors. We had that conversation for the last two years, Ben, almost on this show. What do you do now? Like, you find yourself in the hole after game one, but a mental hole because, damn, you got beaten and you got exposed last night. There's, well, exposed, yes and no. Um, he's going to have to pray for the Warriors to go cold again because last year he won because the Warriors went cold. I mean, there's no other reason why. Like, they, they missed, especially in game seven, a shitload of threes like they missed a lot of open of uh, open opportunities uh, Harrison Barnes was abysmal in the series last year so um, and they, they left him open and he kept missing and missing shots so this will have to happen again if the uh, Cavaliers want to win but otherwise uh, they need and, and for that to happen 
they need to sandwich uh, Kevin Durant between LeBron James and Tristan Thompson, who are perhaps the best two defensive players on the Cavaliers. They have to neutralize him on pretty much every play and hope that what happened last year will happen again. They need to slow the game down. They need to make the Warriors doubt themselves. But um, judging from Steph Curry's performance last night, uh, if if the if the um, if the uh, Cavaliers spend all these resources um, trying to neutralize uh, Kevin Durant, this is going to have a free reign to grow hot and absolutely destroy the uh, the Cavaliers. Like people people tend to dismiss Steph Curry in this series because he's played second fiddle to uh, Kevin Durant all year, and I'm. And I'm not mincing my words here. He really, really played second fiddle, and and like he even put it on himself to be uh, to be the second guy on that team. But if if they they get into Kevin Durant's grill and try to try to double team him, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson will just have a free reign over the uh, Cavaliers' defense. A lot has to go right for the Cavaliers to win this series. I said that before. I said that last year. And last year, a lot went right, and I'm, I persist, and I think a lot has to go right for the Cavaliers, and I don't think it will this year. When you look at, if, you, if you're Tyron Lue, all right, if you're the coach mm-hmm. of the Cavaliers, do you take a page of the 80s uh, Pistons book, where you, you hack an MJ, you hack a Shaq, and this time around would be hack a mac and cheese, hack a KD. So what, what do you do? do? You literally have to foul and trying to put them in the mental state where they can miss shots there there was this year this player they had that could have done that which was timothy mosgov right who signed a ridiculously high contract with the lakers in the offseason and the lakers are currently trying to offload him uh but um right now if they go ahead and try to hack kevin durant two things are gonna happen they're going to lose a very important player, which in this case seems to be Tristan Thompson. Uh, or um, And they're going to give Kevin Durant a lot of free throws, which he will make. I don't know if you've seen... Uh, if you've seen uh, uh, last night, Rihanna called... Uh, started heckling Kevin Durant into the free throws, and he just went hot. That, 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 that's the kind of guy Kevin Durant is. Like, you have one of the most important sex symbols trying to get you off your game in the NBA Finals, and you just go hot. That, that, that's the kind of killer he is. <laughs> so, so if I was Tyron Lue, my best plan would be to get my end-of-bench guys, like guys like Dante Jones, to start just, just to go in there, get technical fouls, try to, try to uh, start a fight with Draymond Green, try to make Draymond Green do something stupid, because defensively speaking, Draymond Green is the most important player on the Warriors. And just and just try to slow the game down. Uh, it will come down to to the Warriors playing at a high pace and playing efficiently at a high pace, which they did not do last year. Which they have a good probability to do, just good enough this year to beat the Cavaliers. Um, I mean, a lot of the Cavaliers are probably going to lose. They're probably going to face a lot of criticism for losing, but I mean. This is this is going to be a conundrum for the next few years in the NBA. What are we doing with the Warriors? How are we stopping the Warriors? Are is there going to be another uh, Chris Paul veto trade situation? 
uh, with them because the Warriors right now are like the Warriors we've seen last night will win the next five titles. As simple as that. Like if they play yeah. uh, the next five years like they played last night, there's no one in the NBA right now that can even get close. So to finish on the NBA final for this week, game two Sunday. Um, yes. What do you expect on Sunday? Do you expect the same? The course continues for the Cav uh, for for the Cavaliers and for the Warriors, which means another big Warriors victory. Or do you think you see a turnaround and how the Cavaliers maybe adjust to what the Warriors show them in Game One? It's a good question because um, the the playoffs are a coach a coach's sport. I mean, the, the regular season is a player sport. In the in the playoff, coaching becomes so so important. Uh, there will be an, adapt an adaptation. Like Tyron Lue is, for all that is being criticized, a decent coach. Like he, he, he is, in my opinion, the main architect along alongside LeBron James of their win of the title last year. There was him, Kyrie, and LeBron James that fished that team out of the hole and game planned super smart uh, against uh, self-doubting Warriors. Uh, will it work? That's a more uh, difficult question. I'm expecting a much more of a physical game. I'm expecting a lot more skirmishes on uh, the floor. But the um, the Cavs need to be very, very cautious with this approach because there's not that many players they can afford to lose. There's not that many players they can put on the floor in these finals, like maybe seven, eight players at, at max. So like they start getting players tossed they might just they, 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 they might just undercut their own efforts, you know. And I'm expecting a physical game. I'm expecting the the Warriors to get chased off the uh, three point line and get, uh, get 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 forced into taking hard shots, which they were last night. But they made all their hard shots. So this is the conundrum of facing the Warriors for you. If they make their shots, they make their shots. Uh, Kyrie Irving with a minute to do into last season he was guarded textbook by steph curry and he made a shot but so if like they'll need to force the warriors to miss their shots and what they have to do is play strong physical defense and like just believe in themselves like play play that defense that type of defense all game for our prospect of the week segment this week a yes. little a little something different we're going with our non-prospect of the week because since last show the deadline for going back to school announcement has been uh, has passed and we now know who is going back to school and decided to pass on this year's draft and well oh theodore yes theo pinson my boy theo pinson from north carolina like as as the regulars of this show know i hate north carolina but i thought that theo pinson in this year's win was really screwed out of any credit he was a a crucial a crucial player in, in north carolina's title win last year he he defended dylan brooks in the final four he uh he defended nigel goss williams beautifully in the final game he is a hard-nosed defensive stopper with a unreliable offensive game i can i, I would call it best and he tried out for the draft this year, decided to withdraw and go with his final uh, senior season. Um, Theo Pinson is the kind of guy who will probably get undrafted and have a very long career in the NBA. Uh, he, there's a lot of Danny Green potential I see with him. And I'm just sad that that's, the Knicks will, won't have the chance to draft him with pick uh, 58. 
Yeah, well, what are the other notables, Ben, in your uh, opinion, that have decided to forgo the draft this year? Um, there are some. There, there is a seven foot six center from, uh, I believe it's Florida Golf Course, and it's one of these Florida University Tackle Fall. It's always fun to have one of these giant, uh, giant centers in the draft, just just to see if one of the teams is going to take a chance on him. Uh, when you're seven foot six, you don't really have to be a good basketball player to uh, defend the rim properly, and Tackle Fall is not a very good basketball player. But you basically have to be able to raise your hands. You can raise exactly, your hands, raise you your hands play. and like go from left to right depending on where the ball is. That's it. And try not to spend these three seconds in the defensive uh, box, which <laughs> I believe he showed he can do. And don't roll uh, an so, ankle. Don't, don't, don't get injured. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Don't get injured. That's another very important part because all of these like seven-footer and plus guys tend to get injured for... Uh, uh, they, they tend not to be very healthy by nature. Um, there's uh, L- uh, Louisville's uh, wing player, Dangadel, who who did very good in uh, the combine who showed he could he could hang out with he could hang with all these uh, all the other players uh, at uh, at the combine on the on the five on five drills uh Dengadel is going back to school um who else did i have on that list that i sent you uh give me one second i will have it right here uh, yeah, but there's a, a few imp- interesting names, but let me, all right, it's coming up. Live radio, folks, live radio. <laughs> all right, so yeah, I have a Dengadel as well. Yep, okay. Dengadel, that's it. That's the one, the guy I was talk- just talking about. And next, it's uh, Hati- Diallo. Let, let's just call him Diallo. Oh, Hamidou Diallo, yes. Well, how could I forget him? Hamidou Diallo, who uh, came in uh, 18 years old. He was with uh, Kentucky. Kentucky did not, uh, could not play him because he was not eligible this year. Decided to go in the combine, blew everyone away, had one of the highest verticals in the combine, uh, showed crazy athleticism. Uh, the teams loved him in the meetings. Yet he decided to go back to school and play that year of college, uh, which is all to his merit. I believe he's trying to get in the uh, a top 10 notch for uh, next year because next year is going to be a, a shallower draft. So maybe he's going to try. He's trying to get more money. It uh, he was he was he was uh, ranked to be between 15 to 22. So it's kind of okay gamble for him. It's a little risky. Um, it's like uh, Grayson Allen made that bet last year, and it really backfired on him. So, so uh, I mean, dude, Yellow is going back to Kentucky this year. It's good. The teams will have a clearer, uh, a clearer portrait on him. But uh, I think I think he's going to maybe get drafted in the top ten next year. And to finish off, we have a tackle fall as well. Yes. Yes. Taco Fall was the seven foot six centers I was I, I was telling you about. Omer, um, you're 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 seven. Our, yes. Uh, our Omer, you're seven. Name. That's the other big big name. Uh, uh, there is Omer, you're seven. That was that was uh, supposed to be a first rounder at the beginning of the year. Came from Turkey to North Carolina State. Ended up in a terrible situation in a uh, state of flux with. Uh, a change of coach, uh, a, a point guard that was really, and Dennis Smith that was really playing for his draft stock. He slid down to the second round, but he impressed a lot of people at the combine. And uh, and um, he he decided to go back to school. He was he decided to go back to school and to prove people his first round material again. Uh, 
good for him, I guess. Um, he's, uh, it's still a risk. I think he's going to get better and he's going to get drafted next year, but he, it's kind of a risk for him. Uh, so we won't have to, we won't have these guys to, 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 to be in the, the NBA draft. Too bad. Uh, they're going to probably going to be there next year. And but like these are five names we need to keep our eyes on. It's always a gamble too, right? Because that last year you can either help your stock in the NBA draft or you can actually maybe hinder it. So it's how you perform this year will actually be. A, it's always a risk for all those players. Absolutely, and like your seven and Diallo are the two guys with the most to lose. Uh, Fall Adele and and the others are. I mean they're. I, it was an, they were they were going to be a non-factor. Theo Pinson too, unfortunately, unfortunately for me. But these two guys have a lot to lose. But they bet on themselves. Like gotta love a guy who bets on himself. Exactly. Game two, Sunday night of the NBA final, and we will talk to you next week for Benoit Leliev. I'm Kevin Larmé. You can follow Benoit on Twitter at his name Benoit Leliev and myself at my name at Kev Larmé and the network at SportsPodNet. And as always, Ben. Have a great basketball. Yes, sir. You were listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Visit us, sportspodcastingnetwork.com.